Noise Extra, everybody, how is it going? So a little intro for today's episode, and there's going to be a little outro for today's episode. So as you may see in the description, Gray came over to help us repair our sequential circuit six track. And when he got here, it seemed that everything was Jim Dandy okay. Wouldn't you say so, Tara? We were like, wow, it fixed itself. Uh, but then there's some twists. There are actually several twists. Yes. So uh, and they happen. And then definitely one of the twists occurred when we were not recording after everything was said and done. So we will discuss that in the outro today. And also you can see the shock on our faces uh, on the video that yes. we release along with this. Yes. So for the Extra Noise Extra segment for the patrons today, it is going to be a video so there will be a video posted on the Patreon, but we will let you hear the episode and then we will follow up with the conclusion of what was discovered. So without further ado, Gray, take it away. You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And I'm, I'm here you are here. You Physically. are in the den of iniquity, the offices. The living here, room of iniquity. The living room of, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The den is saved. It, it you, you don't get to go into the much den. Much better than most dens of iniquity I've been in. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't get to actually go into the <laughs> den. That's reserved. But yeah, so today we had the idea to do an episode. Well, so things have already altered in the time that Gray has gotten here. So a little background, much like the studio reorganization episode, when Tara and I need to accomplish a task like that, our philosophy nowadays is to make an episode about it. <laughs> so we have a wonderful sequential circuits six track. It is our, one of our main synths. We only have a handful and this one is a fantastic synth. I certainly talked about it in the trash where I did with you, Gray, a few years ago. Oh yeah. Gotten from a mutual friend of all of ours early on when we got here to mm -hmm. Los Angeles. A former and bandmate of mine. Former yes, bandmate yeah. of yours. Always. Friend of ours. Great dude. And the synth was giving us a lot of problems in the past year to the point where we found it to be unusable. It was giving us this crazy buzz and crackle anytime we tried to play it. It was completely unpredictable. And this isn't the type of synth that we'd want to take on tour. It's studio only. We don't want to jostle it. We don't want to, right. you know, bang this up, sling it in a pack. But even just trying to play it, there was a crackle or maybe a sound wouldn't come out. Yeah, so just, we thought, hey, let's clean it. Let's Great clean taught it. us how. And so unfortunately it was just not working. Things weren't working. But and we, we cleaned it. And we couldn't find how to make this work. Mm -hmm. So we said, great, we need to get our synth re-upped. Come on over. Let's fix our synth and make an episode about it. And he got here, we plugged it in, and lo and behold, it was sounding just fine. It was hilarious. So a number of possibilities. I suppose that maybe the way our studio is in such chaos, maybe there was some signals getting crossed. Maybe there was something just not working right, but it's sounding right today. Now, 
That doesn't mean that we don't need to pop this open and give it a clean and give it a dusting and do maintenance to it. So we're still going with a synth maintenance episode here today on Noise Extra. And for the extra segment on the Patreon, we were going to have some video of the cleaning. We're going to pop this open. We're going to have video of the inside of this synth. And Gray is going to take us through how to clean a synth and what to look for, what not to touch, what to touch, what to use. So I'm excited just in general to get this knowledge and to pass this knowledge on to you, the Noise Extra listeners. So full disclaimer, I'm not like a synth repair tech. I'm I'm the guy that the Connellys think of as the synth. A hundred percent, much 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 like yeah, uh, much why not? like people have to say not financial advice. Uh, this is not financial advice, nor is this actual maintenance advice. It is what we can do. Also, you may hear that there is a haters set going on outside oh of the God. apartment. You may not hear that, but we can hear it. Uh, uh, the haters are playing good, yeah. outside the apartment. So, yes, full disclaimer: it don't you know Gray is not liable for any mistakes that you do to your equipment. One hundred percent. However, I will say that whether or not you are an authorized repairman, Gray, uh, you can you tend to be able to make things work. Like you can replace. I don't know what things are called, diodes or bloopers and, and little bloobers. other Is, things. I believe they're you called bloopers. Bloopers, things that require soldering. I build my own pedals. I have repaired synthesizers before. Yes. I've maintained and repaired my own synthesizers. So yes. yes, you are. But You can make them go. <laughs> when we're like, great, make it go. And but you do it. And I am so, not a synth repairer. There you go. Just all, we got it. Not financial advice. Okay. Well, advice. all the disclaimer portion is over on this At part. Oh, I will give one more disclaimer. Oh, much Lord. like the studio reorganization episode, this may get a little chaotic. We might be moving around. So heads up on that. We might be hitting the video, turning the video off. So just heads up on that. But I think this is going to be a valuable I'm going to be climbing on furniture to film this. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting to see how we, we pulled this off. Well, I heard a lot of nice comments from our listeners on the synth or on the studio reorganization yes. episode, yes. and uh, I think it was inspirational to some. Yes. So, despite the chaos, I, I heard a lot more positive than I don't think I heard any negative. No, but, no, no. You know. I, again, I, I that was possibly the most follow up I've heard from people texting of that episode of, of almost any episode we've ever done. It's so funny. People were inspired. It's relatable. Were, yeah, it's relatable. And and as you know, and we've talked. I mean that reorganization has we have it's bled into other aspects of our lives and has helped us complete other things that we had wanted to complete but also just with actual recordings Mm -hmm. and we have completed so much stuff that was on our list and still completing stuff and that still we're still feeling the ramifications it looks so much nicer in there Uh, and i I was over here when we recorded with jim lasuria uh, whom Connolly is wearing a wonderful Lasuria Scarlet of these columns shirt. Patrons, today. Patrons I was trying to wear first. The video. I wanted to wear that first, <laughs> but it, I didn't get a good look at it because we were busy podcasting. But it looks much nicer, yeah. in there. and it inspired me to clean and organize yes. my own studio. And as you know, I I have finished numerous projects yes. because yes. of my studio clean and reorg, and uh, the, so that's all good. So the first thing you mentioned cleaning the inside of the synth. Yes. No, not the first thing. First, Let's see, I'm already doing it wrong. First thing we're going to do. Well, first thing we already did was turn it on and make sure it works. And thus far, you can hear it. We have there, it going. It's, it's it makes sound and it's. Well, you know, I, I really do think we need to bring up because prior to recording, we did a bunch of troubleshooting and we should have started by recording the entire troubleshooting portion. And that's when this synth was plugged in. And Grace said, why do you 
have this this setup on here? Why oh, do you? Why are you not using the oh, grounding well, peg? When you guys bought the synth, you informed me that there was a ground lift on it, and so I texted the previous owner to ask if that was for any technical reason on this synth, because you said you just kept it on there because yeah. you got it like that, and why why not? And so the first thing I said was, yeah, we should we should just pop the ground lift off, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the little the little plugs that have the two prongs that you can plug a three prong mm-hmm. plug in a plug with a ground. And so you, you always want the ground available to prevent a fuse from blowing something from getting overloaded. I mean, it's just it is just what you do to prevent hum. You want the ground plugged in. So we're going to take that off is the first thing. Is it me now? I just got a little static there. We're going to take that off. So that's the first thing we're going to do. The second thing that we are going to do involves not inside of the synth, but the outside. We're going to clean the outside first. So get a little scudge on the buttons, got a little dust on the keys. You're we're just supposed to clean, clean the outside? It's time to what? clean. Great. What do you suggest using to dust off? Just just regular, regular dust cloth, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing special? Yeah, I would dust it with a dust cloth, and I, I see that Tara brought these surface cleaning wipes out. And I'm just going to give a gentle wipe to that stuff. You don't want to use anything with alcohol because it can dry out rubber, right? And you have some rubber buttons on this. Ah, you don't want to use anything too liquid. You don't want to spray it down because the liquid can seep into where the LEDs are under the buttons and cause some issues, especially as there's residue. You don't want to, uh, you want to use a very mild, gentle cleaner that will be easily wiped up and uh, not liberally applied, right? Because you're, you're wiping something clean. That's Absolutely. all I'm trying to do here is wipe something clean. So first thing, because we have the synth on right now. Yes. I'm going to turn it off. Let's try. You know what? And Let's then I'm going to ch- unplug the ground loop. I'm into this. Unplug the ground plug. I- all right. So got a cleaning wipe and I'm just going to wipe the surface, including gently wiping. You can see it's some scudge on yeah. the buttons here. I am just going to clean that off. Don't want to scrape. Don't want to scrub. Just want to gently massage and clean some scudge on this one. We're going to get the scudge off. Is this best to do this unplugged, right? Just to not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. So getting that scudge. It's just sort of nice. You don't want, you don't want. Way dirtier than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's how it works. You don't think about how dirty your synth is until like, and then you, someone comes over and they're like, like, yeah. People don't dust their keyboards and then it just forms a layer because the finger oils attract dust. And so just, you know, this, this isn't bad. This isn't grotesque. This is just a uh, yeah, time, just time a little to bit. be cleaned up, right? Just a little bit. No big deal. Yeah, it was. Get, I probably cleaned it the last time we did some repairs on it. It's probably very possible. And so and then, and the, and especially, then it hasn't been used. Well, yeah, especially since in our estimation it wasn't working. We hadn't been using it, but apparently we could have been using it. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I mean. Maybe it was the way it was configured in there and it, it was just crossing with something. Who knows? But I'm definitely excited at the prospect of having this clean and ready to go. I love it. And, and I'm, you know, we're going to show this in the video, but it is fascinating to me just what actually is under these buttons because I'm just such a Neanderthal. My mind is just, there's, I don't, I wouldn't know what the hell the inside looks like had, had I not ever had this open or it just, I don't know. You know, a lot of people, people like gray understand how these things work. I still really don't, but I like seeing the process and I like seeing the insides of these things. All right. I'm just going to wipe down the keys now. Great. And uh, this is just a little microfiber cloth. I'm just essentially dusting it. I'm going to then hit it with another 
wipe to get any scourge off the keys. This is, you know, you could say this is unnecessary, but if you're opening this thing and you've got dust everywhere, then you could get more dust inside. Right. You want to keep it going to. So yeah, you want to keep it more sterile, right? Cause even yeah. if a little dust gets in, that could, these things are sensitive. I mean, dust getting into potentiometers makes them scratchy. Uh, dust getting under the contact, you know, dirt and dust getting under these contacts can make them stop working and make them work intermittently. So I, I always say like at home, I have some, uh, it's like black vinyl leather, like fabric that I bought right, in right. the fabric district. And I just made little synth size covers and I just drape that over my synths nice. so they don't get dusty. That's a good um, idea. That's yeah. a good idea. I mean, idea. Then, it's, then it's covered. If you spill something, it doesn't go like into the synth. It goes onto the cover. Right. So, uh, as someone who has spilled something into a synth before, I, I would like to avoid doing that ever again. <laughs> so when we're about to get ready to open, we got someone tapes this key down. Someone. I don't. It uh, probably me. Probably. Why? Why is why is B? I guarantee it. No, why is why is E getting taped down here? Well, because sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need that drone taped down. You need a key dog. A what's that? A key dog. It's a little weight they make to put on a key, so it just holds it down for you. I guarantee it's I a taped rich man's it down. Game. Yeah, I guarantee I taped it down <laughs> for a some sort of recording, but it's been a while, so I don't really remember to be honest. Yeah, uh, I would get a little isopropyl uh -oh. or something and try to clean that up. We're so in trouble. I'm in I trouble. I don't like having tape residue on my fancy, expensive vintage uh, out of production synthesizers. Look at that. I'm in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> but as far as things, these things go, like I'm not talking, you don't need to scrub. I'm just trying to get in here and get the, uh, get the keys. So they look clean. You can do a much nicer job. You can hold one down and get the side of the ones next to it. Like this, you can kind of do the same here on the, the uh, black keys. Like that's ah, fine. We don't need to go that deep. I just wanted to make sure there's right, not right, any right. extra dust and grime. And when you guys played, it feels like you just bought it. Yeah, exactly. And I am psyched. So now are we going to be popping this bad boy open? Is that the next step now that we've dusted it off and cleaned it off? Well, what do you think? I think that's what we do. So should I unplug the? You can unplug the audio. I'm gonna unplug the audio. Okay, so now we're unplugged. Now, do, should we just? We should probably unplug the entire synth, right? I think that's probably the best for safety's sake. For safety's sake, I love and it. I need a screwdriver. All right, well, let's get you a screwdriver. So that happened off camera and off mic, but I unscrewed. Nice thing about the six track is it has a what I would say is like a lid construction. There's a base that the yeah. keyboard is built into. And then there's a hinge on the back. So I unscrewed two screws from the side here and here and here and here from each side, which are in this little, little terrain. Uh, important. This is an important step. You want to have a receptacle, a coffee cup. Uh, they make magnetic little trays. Right, right. I, you can find them at the dollar store. I have those at home for when I'm working on stuff so you don't lose your screws. It's super important because if you just put your screws on the table, those things are going to fall. They're going to go everywhere. Well, and here's what happens. One of these things is not like the others. There you go. Because someone lost a screw on this at some point and there it was you replaced go. it with ooh, a close approximation, you know. Exactly. So best to keep your screws in line, but we're yeah. going to pop this six track open. So again, right there's now. a screw hole here and a screw hole here. Yeah, and on, on each on side. The other side. There's also that. There's, I think, four screws along the bottom that hold the rest of the base on, but I can just get under here. We, all we need is to get the top open and it and is. There we go so cool it's so cool to see the insides of a synth i mean 
this is just <laughs> i still like do you understand when you open up a synth do you have again i know you're not a professional synth maintenance person etc but from your eye do you understand what you're seeing right absolutely now absolutely not no i mean i know like simple simple things right like Here's your power transformer where the power comes into the board via this jumper. Here's your fuse. Uh, here's your on off switch, right? Uh, here's where your mod wheels are connected to your board. These are potentiometers that are board mounted. You can see the bottoms of them right here. And this is, if you're going to clean these, you want to clean them from under the board generally in here. Uh, you got all your ICs here, which, you know, this is what makes the synth do synth stuff. So, yeah. But I mean, as someone who. Was your background in computers as a young gray, as a young Holger, does that does that translate to your knowledge of synths? No. It, there really isn't a similarity. No, because this is a completely like I understand software, right? And I know, like, but you also build computers though too. Building computers is is like plugging this into this and literally this into in this. my mind when you say you build a computer, I'm picturing you with like these, soldering it. I'm I'm literally picturing <laughs> you doing putting all these little the uh, knobs and these little things in the green in the circuit boards. I'm picture that's what I picture when you <laughs> no, say I'm building a computer. That is not what I'm doing. You, you, look, you could uh, you know you could just also lie to me right now because I because I'm so like God. Gray can like take a circuit board. And he knows what it all does. Kindly, while I'm fine with lying to you, I don't want to lie to our listeners. You know what? That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So this is the six track. It's open. Uh, one thing I forgot, if we want to get at the other side of this, well, yeah, we're going to have to pop off some nuts and the knobs right. on the top of the board, which I think we should do. I definitely think we should do. Just to make sure that under these pads, see where these squares are, is actually the pads on the keypad. You can see these little rubber. Oh, actually, one thing I don't feel like doing today is putting these back in. You remember how much of a pain in the ass that was? Those things are crazy. So we're going to skip taking off the rubber today. Okay, actually. yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I do yeah. want to see what the other side of the board looks like. Yeah. And this, again, this isn't much of a repair video because this thing kind of fixed itself. The only thing I think we may have a slight issue with is the output jack okay and even then it did not it hasn't caused me any problems when we had a headphone adapter plugged in there it maybe gave a little bit of problem but right otherwise it's it's acting pretty nice and at this point i would say it's even you could turn the synth on right now because all we've done is take out four screws right so really you could actually plug it in when it's like that you can that leave it seems like this. crazy. I mean, look, the thing, I guess you, you're right. the thing you don't want to do is touch over here. Although everything's heat shrunk, everything's going to ground now that we've got the ground lift I think off. It, I think it's so crazy just to see the inside of a synth and how just the frame of these with the, with the sequential circuits, they have the wooden sides to it. And what, but when you open it, it's so there's like a bareness in there. Like in my mind, it would be so full of stuff. But when you pop open the top, there's just the empty no, box in there with the keys. Happening probably right, right. About here on the uh, the main IC. Right. I'm have it's to so, assume. It's and so cool to see. We have six voices. I'm going to assume these are the chips for the, each voice. Uh, this is probably the brain. And then here's, you know, like right here. That's a battery. That's a what lithium ion battery. Panasonic battery looks like it might have been a replacement for one, but that's what keeps the memory in the sense. So if I snip those right now, you're going to lose all your presets. Don't do that. Which, you know, we don't want you not, to do that. I don't know how many actual factory presets are on this. And there's a lot of uh, patches that were made by my old bandmate and by yeah. you guys. So yeah, I, yeah. you would really lose a lot of stuff and, that you want to keep. And the, kind of a weird question because I, it just came to me right now. So this, this is an analog synth, correct? 
This is, I believe, digital oscillators with. Oh, so it is filter. okay. Okay, so so there you go. So what what is the what makes an analog synth an analog synth? What doesn't it have that is makes it a pure analog synth? Uh, here the waveforms are generated by a digital chip, like a it little is. microcomputer okay. versus on like you've seen maybe even some of the uh, like Twitch streams I was doing a couple of years ago or, yes. or I'll, or even I sent you some material I made where I just built some oscillators. Yes, absolutely. Right. And that's just using voltage and the power of some of these integrated chips to generate a signal that goes into the audio range. And that's generally, I think considered analog, right. Versus having like a microcomputer output a specific waveform. So that's what now does the pro one, the sequential circuits pro one have that. That, is, digi- an, that is an analog. That's a pure. An- because I, and maybe it's more of a, a, a uh, easy summation of the six track, but I was always under the impression that, the six track is very similar to the pro one, simply smaller and with maybe a few less features, but it is in general pretty closely related to the pro one. Is that more or less correct? Actually, I'm wrong. This is fully analog. So this is fully analog. Well, minus the control for the presets. Okay. Okay. So, so, so it is very similar to the pro one. In that respect. Yeah. And just pro ones are, are, are almost double the size, right? Yeah. And it's also one voice. It's monophonic, right? Whereas you have six voices here, right? So when you, one of the things we've talked about, like here, when you play the keys, you can see that it yeah. light up for which voice is being utilized. Yeah. And then whichever one has been used, like, uh, well, if you hit this key and then this key and this key, this is still going to use the same voice until you play more keys that above push this out of the buffer. Right. And then it'll find a new voice if it needs to. Um, oh, okay. I guess I didn't realize that the prone was po- was not poly. No, it's not. It's huh. it's a monophonic synthesizer like the MS twenty, the SH one hundred one, yeah, uh, the Yamaha CS. Uh, I think up through fifteen are all monophonic. I yeah. definitely utilize Anteritas too. The the poly aspect of this synth. So I'm I'm glad that this is the one we have. So the the polyphony is really nice. And the other thing that this does that's really nice, you can see right here in the settings, is uh, normal, which means like one voice per thing or unison where you hit one key and it uses all six voices and yeah. that can sound huge. You yeah. can really make it's that really sound cool. big. Yeah. And so that's a really cool, cool feature of this. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, so it's really cool to see the insides of this synth and try to understand a little more what is happening within the, and is that why it's called, I guess that is why it's called the six track, huh? Look at that. I yeah. don't think I ever put that together. Yes. And it's, uh, it also has a six track sequencer, digital sequencer yes. built into it. So you can sequence each voice individually. Yeah, right. Right. So it's not, you're not just writing a sequence. You could literally sequence like a baseline on one thing and some other patch on another thing. Right. So, so cool. Uh, it's a great synthesizer. The only thing that I think people don't like about it is the way you have to edit the parameters, which is, well, your knob is sheared off here, but <laughs> see, the, there you uh, go. we're going to fix that. Actually, I, I had, I remembered that I would have brought a knob and maybe like a piece of metal and some plastic to kind of fix on there, but I will get that fixed sometime soon. So you guys have a nice knob to use there instead of a uh, very cool, whatever's yeah. going on over there. So <laughs> how would we, so we got this thing open now when, when it needs cleaning, 
you hear that crackle, you hear you sometimes that the the buttons won't you got to push super hard or, or one of them is not working. There is something, usually some oxidation on those buttons. And mm-hmm. like I said, this, I would love to say that I had the gumption in me to peel those pads off, but oh, getting yeah, no, them it's crazy. fit back on yeah, takes yeah. so long that if you're not having any problems with the pads, which yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be because we did last time we yeah. did a session with this thing, we, I did clean all of those, relubricate them, put some graphite under there. So that is definitely like these should be really in good shape and be working just fine and every time i hit one earlier today they were they were working just very fine. very cool so the but we're still making sure the the circuit boards and stuff are clean is is also important well, you don't really clean the circuit boards so much as you do uh i just want to make sure everything's good under there gotcha and so if you're having problems with your output jack sometimes you can spray a little deoxid on a plug or even like a little wire brush you have those brushes for the reusable straws they tried to make us all use right, at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put that in there. Uh, if you've got a gun cleaning kit, I think a 45 fits in a uh, in a jack quite nicely. Uh, 45 or 9 millimeter, I can't remember, but you can clean out the jacks with that and just a little bit of deoxid. And that's you're cleaning the oxidation off the contacts, which is why like, if you twist your cable on your input and it makes crackling noises, you have an oxidation problem or you have a bad cable, but and probably then, an oxidation problem. And then problem. if you're unable to get everything clean, if there's still a lot of buzz, you can just put that gun right in your mouth and right. just, just finish it off. Right. You know what I mean? Just, just, just finish it off. Don't worry about synths ever again. There you go. Oh. I've never, re- I don't think we've ever used the control foot switch and the MIDI is still something that is, is a bit of a mystery to us, though I have used this as uh, the MIDI out for a couple yeah, we've of things used that we MIDI, have. but i have limited understanding yeah. of how it works now we usually use it for triggering now, Graham, i'm gonna hand yeah. you this this microphone back after i ask you another question on the audio out like on on like let's say let's just call it a synth hole on these synth holes uh can you just would you ever damage your equipment by just jamming something in there like a q-tip or a cleaner brush absolutely i would say be uh careful with what you're putting in there and i would say don't uh Look, you want something that fits in there, right? Yeah. Like I, like I said, those straw brushes, something like that. And you also want to just make sure that you're cleaning the contacts. So how far does a quarter-inch jack go into your synth? Don't yeah. put anything in any further than that. And don't put anything in that's got more than a a the faintest of coating of like a cleaner or right, something Right, right. You, you got to be really careful with this. Let me see that microphone. Okay, wait. So, so what you're saying here is that a quarter-inch jack is a quarter-inch. Well, you shouldn't put it in more than a quarter-inch. That's not very long. I thought they're like an inch and a half. That's because a quarter inch refers to the diameter. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, it's great. It's great. (laughs) Honestly, I was, in my mind, I also didn't understand it. And I was like, (laughs) it goes a quarter inch. But then I'm like, wait a minute. No, yeah. Like sometimes you're hearing new information and you zone out for a minute, but it's the wrong minute. 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, you know however long a plug is, don't put anything any further than that in. Right. Uh, and again, if you can open it up, especially this has an enclosed plastic jack on the inside, as we can see. I'm holding a microphone and doing got this. It. Thank I you, Connelly. You got see it. See this right here? That is your output jack. Oh, look at that. So You can see actually how long it is. That's an enclosed plastic jack. If you have a regular jack, like on a guitar pedal or something normal, like... A, a more simple place to plug things in, then you'll you can open the synth and see where you need to clean it, or you can replace that jack easily. Sometimes these ones have weird board mounting uh, where you solder them on. They have a weird distance from the board that they are for the case that they're right. in. So these are like 
a, a plastic jack like this is a much more bespoke thing than say like the jacks in a DOD pedal or a boss pedal or right, something. Right, right. Those right. are like pretty standard. You can replace those. This is, I've got to figure out what part number this is and if it's still being made or if I can find vintage ones, if the jack's broken. Right. Like my, uh, Ibanez 8202 delay, which I always talk about on Trashware, which I love, has uh, plastic housed jacks and they're board mounted, but they're not like the right distance. So you, if you apply a little too much pressure and sometimes I put like a, you know, I use that thing a lot. So I, I have a lot of cable action on right, those jacks right. and it'll break, but it's like, it'll break, but I can just like super glue it back together where it broke. It's just like repeating problem I have now because I don't have the jack for it. But it's just like a little housing. All the connections are fine, but it's just wiggles a little bit in there because of this little plastic piece that snaps. And it's an annoyance. But I haven't found the replacement jacks for that yet. Otherwise, I would just put a new one on. Right, uh, right. But again, this is just, it can just be a little bit of a pain to um, yeah, absolutely. To find certain parts that that fit a certain way. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, maybe 12 screws to get this board off in addition to taking off the pretend, uh, the knobs on top. So I'm going to unscrew those now. We'll do that and we'll, 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 we, won't, uh, we won't bore everyone with watching the unscrewing. So we will pause and get back at it. All right, so we have the board out. And actually, yeah, this looks fine. There's nothing I'm concerned with here. The only thing really... That I want to do for y'all is is fix this. Right. The parameter knob. Uh, and we're going to do that like very soon here. But so this is looking good around. It's really cool. It's really cool to see the guts. Well, but, you know what? This one's already popped out. So we'll take this one off. Okay. Yeah, so let's, let's, so let's explain what one would do. Say this was a mess and super dirty. What is the best tactic to clean the guts of a synth like this? Uh, the best thing you can use is isopropyl alcohol, 99% okay. or 95 or 94 or whatever, if that's all you can find, but 99% isopropyl alcohol. And and that's different than rubbing alcohol, correct? That is rubbing alcohol. But so rubbing wait, I alcohol, thought we weren't supposed to use rubbing alcohol. Okay. So can you see explain these con see that. these contacts? That's yeah. that's rubber. So we so so basically what Gray's saying is so we have the contacts the, the not the the buttons that you push to select the sound select yes. the the voice and you can pull these up and because what they do is they make contact with the circuit board basically. So yeah, but this, I thought there's, there's a point here yeah. and a point here. See those two solder points? Yes. And then when you push this down, it will make contact between those two points. And we'll change that. But now I now I I thought you said earlier to not use rubbing alcohol. Explain when you can and when you can't use it. Do not use rubbing alcohol on anything rubber. Okay. It will dry out your rubber slowly. But surely it will shrink your rubber and it will erode and weaken your rubber. So this is a rubber contact. Don't, right. Don't use rubbing alcohol on it. So do not use rubbing alcohol. On, this, so this board right here? Good to go. Fucking rubbing alcohol away. So would you say if you were to use rubbing alcohol, you want to take off all the the rubber buttons? But can you, can you get rubbing alcohol on the... the contact that ultimately Should is what fine. changes your voice? Should be fine. What I would... Okay. Do also, you can get a like graphite solution or even, I mean, in a pinch, but I would say just get some graphite uh, pencil lead okay. shavings to put 
on here and under here to make better contact that that helps tremendously with the contact on these pads specifically um but that's like if you're doing that at that point and you're not that comfortable with repairing your synth i would say it's probably synth tech time yeah exactly 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 and hey uh as of as last year's episode of the vintage synth museum that would be a place that you could take it if you live in los angeles i think lance could refer you to someone or, right? or but, yeah a, either way guy. either yeah. way so I'll say this looks pretty good. There's a couple things that I'm curious about. Okay. Uh, so what are you what are you curious about when you see what do you look for? You're looking for the way everything is connected. You're looking for Right now, yeah. See this and this and this. So Gray's point there's there's little there's different sections of the circuit board here. It's just where the potentiometers are mounted under the board. So these three dots right here okay. are where this pot's mounted. These three are where this pot's mounted. Uh this pot, this pot, right? So this one looks fairly clean. These look like a little squidgy. I would clean them up with some right. isopropyl alcohol. That you would maybe. use, but you got to be careful because they're, they're close. It's close to the rubber button, so you do have to be careful, right? On a Q-tip, right? So right. you're not smearing or spreading or spraying on a Q-tip. I would just clean those up. It could just be from some leftover flux. Maybe someone replaced those knobs. I don't right, know. Right. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what is the deal with those knobs, but or those pots, rather. So there, there's something that would be a good thing to to clean up just it's to like make minor, sure. But you see good. how clean all the other soldering looks on the board, and then you see some scudge over there, right? Well, I'm now gonna, it's not going to make your sense sound any worse. Gotcha, that is a cosmetic right. thing that I would do, uh, possibly. It's probably just there was right. some extra flux there from when that got soldered because it's a bigger solder point right. than a lot of these smaller chips and and components, and so it's got a little bit more earth around it. I mean these things were made by someone you know like there's like initials on here it is cool you can see the initials in the writing maybe this is it's got the number two seven one three so maybe this was the two thousand seven hundred thirteenth one of the production maybe of the year i don't know i mean do you have any idea about how many of these no. are in? I mean, it's thousands and thousands, obviously, yeah, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of these around. Yeah, and you know, probably a lot of them got trashed or used for parts. Or do they? Are they still made? Sequential circuits doesn't exist anymore. Dave Smith exists as right. uh, an entity, and he still makes synthesizers and is still making like beautiful profits. And, and, and stuff. Dave Smith is is He's sequential circuits for this stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So he's still doing stuff, but this actual synth that we're that we're have right now is not being. Yeah, made like Lee yeah. from Oil Thief has a newer Profit, which is like a desktop module, and that thing sounds beautiful and has an insane amount of options. And that's the thing, you know. And I know we've talked about it before, but you and many people who are big synth people that we know are very much not opposed to this new world of clones and these new. Uh, upgrades on different things correct you can still make an analog synth in 2023 right right and you can make it knowing all of the mistakes that they made in the past right right so i i think i talked about this uh, a while ago where yeah we use a lot of sort of retro stuff as an aesthetic in noise you know xerox and and uh collage and analog synths and old dod pedals or whatever that was a lot of what was available to people to use mm -hmm. then and they made full use of it but embracing newer technologies makes a lot of sense to me and, and this is someone who's been resistant to computers for right, so long right. or whatever but because that's what the people who were doing xerox and doing this kind of stuff were using back then right mm -hmm. like 
when Marco got a synth like this, it wasn't because it was a vintage synth. It was it was like a, a new synth. <laughs> it right. was like, or you know, whatever, 10 years old. It was like a synth you could get. And as we always do like to point out, this was one of two of Marco's main synths. Right. It was the sequential circuit six track. And actually I believe, I believe either, spirit. And I believe, so I, I believe either Dan Burke or James Wilt mentioned that other synth yeah. in the episode. So those are the two, you can see footage and playing that Krumar with Lunas, I believe in that one. Oh quick yeah. Video, I think. Yeah. And then there's, pictures and uh, of this one in other things for sure six tracks a great synth uh it's i love this thing and, and for us again we're just we we use what we use we know what we know and then when we find something we stick with it and we're like oh, that's yeah. that's what a synth is yeah i'm back right? i'm back over here everybody hey. and and i was just like thinking about like marco corbelli going to the store to buy a synth oh uh, so cool right? like like he's in italy <laughs> What store does he go? Does he go with a buddy? Is he going with sister? Like who? Like just Marco synth shopping is an, a I lovely love, thought in my the mind right now. Easiest synthetic. I love. Yeah, synthetic. I love thinking about it. Yeah. I love thinking about it so much. <laughs> There's so, somebody working at the store who's a lady, and he's just like following her around. Love it. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Like really cool. Great. You want me to go get some Q-tips and alcohol? I have it. I'll get it right now. I have these supplies. Alcohol would be nice. Okay, Why don't right you back. go? Tara's going to get a little Q-tips and alcohol. We're going to scratch. I'm just going to try to give it a quick hey, yeah, scooch, look, no big deal. This, there's not much to do. This thing works. We're going to put it back together. We're going to turn it on. We're going to make sure it works. Then we're going to take it back into the problem area, which is the studio, and well, see, we'll see if it, if if it, it still has works. some sort of problem when it's plugged in over there. Yeah, so that could be it. And look, and we will troubleshoot that if that's the case. You'll hear it all here I'm on Noise Expert. Quite happy that ultimately the it seems to be the problem uh, disappeared once Gray arrived. But I still think it's really cool to hear about opening up synths and, and cleaning them mm -hmm. out and, well, and what's inside it. I think it's I I know I'm personally fascinated with it because I'm just such a Neanderthal. And I, I think it's just a fun uh, activity for anyone to do. Who's and I only ready. have 90, oh, yeah, yeah. I only have 91%. I should have filmed that. Well, I only have 91% uh, isoprobal, uh, but, but that's okay. And also maybe the synth just kind of missed gray. Should I, should I film that part? Uh, apologies, everybody who watches the video. Cause I have very <laughs> shaky hands. So I had to figure out a Look, way to stabilize I, I it. I disclaimer that it's going to be a bit chaotic, a bit of a, it a was of very chaotic and I got episode. some shaky hands. I'll I tell you what, that. so I had to, I, here and film had to problem cool. solve. Yeah, so Tara, uh, well, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know which is, the, yeah, I think climbing over the couch, there we go, and we are back. So, yeah, cleaning that scunch off a little bit. It's just nice. It just feels nice. 91% knowing that rubbing alcohol, acceptable, totally. It's fine. It'll be okay. Seems so, like you hear the little bit of disappointment in his voice. 91 but is so much better. I was bit. glad it wasn't 50. Yeah, we you know. Which is like what you get at the dollar store or whatever. You don't want that. That means it's half water. It means it takes longer to evaporate and the water has a better chance to seep into little areas. Whereas rubbing alcohol, you know, you leave it out, you leave it open, it, it disappears, right? Mm -hmm. It evaporates. Absolutely. So it's just nice to know the insides are even that much more clean. It feels better. Yeah, this is a non-critical uh, step I'm doing here. I'm just doing it because we talked about it and because I noticed it. And you can already see, like... Yeah, got that. Gray's getting that scunch off now, so it's it just feels good. Knowing that the insides are 
nice and clean, and then we're gonna pop this back. The synth we thought was uh, I, but you know not what? working. It's, I, it's, I came over here with my soldering iron. Actually, yeah. I brought I brought stuff to like do some repairs if I needed to, and it turns out that all that really was needed was uh, us to sit and talk and hang out and uh, it's try so, it again. It's just cool to pop open a synth and take a look at it. And yeah, you know, we'll we'll have pictures up if anyone's not seeing the video, but the video is going to have a, a lot of cool stuff and just seeing the 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 full process. So, I think we're going to put this back together now. We're going to make sure it works out here, and then we're going to take it into the studio and make a thousand percent sure it is ready to go. I climbed back the over studio. the couch the long way to come in here, and maybe the synth missed gray because. This, uh, it was cleaned by Gray so many it times. It also spent a lot of time with me. It spent a lot of time with you. Yeah, that's true. It, so I, I get it. I get but, it. But also, I mean, I think lessons that we have learned, Mike and I, through our chaotic process of creating things sonically would be also when we try to plug everything into one power strip and have all the cables interlocking, not thinking that that will impact the way things come out on a sound or having like cell phones next to amps. And you know what I mean? Just crossing, oh, yeah. Yeah. crossing oh, yeah. all those worst. electrical uh, impulses and just really, really terrible ways. I know we learned the hard way not to have, you know, the input for recording here next to a cell phone, next to the microphone, next to a computer that's recording it. Like, like really giving things space and having more than one power strip when and you're engaging just, in it is really, really fantastic. And we're just prone to having things go wrong electrically, mechanically. It's just the the energy we both put off. A I lot do of feel, electromagnetic impulses yes, and, and do, whatnot. I feel that computers and things like that get weird around well, us. Well, and I think it does... Um, Bear repeating uh, the the tale, uh, a cautionary tale of, of when we did first start using this and we said, great, it's getting out of tune constantly. There's something wrong with the synth. It's not working properly. So this is very interesting. Uh, so, And again, much like this time we were like, it's broken. Great. It's broken. Come fix it. So he comes over and I turn it on and I just start banging on the keys. I'm like, look, look, it's not working. And he was like, do you do that every time you turn it on? Do you just turn it on and start banging on the keys and pressing buttons immediately? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't you turn it on and start banging on things and pressing buttons immediately? So we didn't know that it had an auto tuner, a self tuner, sorry, when it, the machine first powers up machine, we call it a machine when the thing uh, first powers up. So it goes through a tuning process. So by banging on it, it couldn't complete its self tuning process. And we were essentially messing everything up. So yeah, Gray so is it, sigh he's putting screws back in and kind of chuckling to himself and sighing slowly over the, here on the, the couch, track, which I, you, maybe I'll you, take a picture of that right now. When you turn it on, you have to wait. Uh, uh, we wait, we end up waiting like 20 seconds as probably overweight maybe, yeah. but you got to wait and let it get, get settled. It's funny. I wish Gray would pick up the microphone and really explain it. Uh, but I think, the, I think we explained <laughs> it perfectly. I don't know that kidding. I understand any better than, than I know that okay. this and the profit 600 both have to self tune when you turn them on. So yeah. you were coming in and pushing keys and it was throwing off the tuning program and that, was then making it not scale and be in tune properly. Right. And it sounded insane. Yeah. Uh, so now when we power things on, even, you know, I, I, I noticed that I did it with computers too. And you know how they go through that whole process when they're starting, like, especially with touchscreen, I'm like, go, go, go. And I'm just touching the screen. <laughs> it doesn't go any faster. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm, I'm really trying to like 
hold back and just let things power on properly uh, and, and do their, their thing a uh, prior to banging. doesn't boil and a banged on synth doesn't tune. <laughs> yeah, well, just just, just keep in mind that you turn the electricity on and then it's got to like, I mean, uh, we think of electricity as fairly instant because we hit a light switch and the light goes on, right? But there are, it does have to travel <laughs> through right, the unit. Right, right, right. It, it's why when you turn it off, it goes... That's the power mm. leaving it. It's the same sort of thing. You got to charge the capacitors. And then again, that's not normally that does take milliseconds. It's very fast. But with this synth, it has a self tuning program. The problem with this one is that it doesn't uh, have any indication that it's doing that. 100%. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. You don't know. Shows you when it's done tuning itself by There's like, like a green light or something. Light yeah. Uh, this one, it's not as obvious. So, you know, it's funny, Gray, you said a thing. I've been trying to stop saying this phrase uh, this week and, it, and it's really hard when you're like, well, you know, the problem with that is like the problem with the profit, the problem with the six track, like, cause I have been really noticing how much I say the problem with something. Huh? Yeah. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Yeah, now I, I will. Well, now you haven't noticed it. That, it. You haven't noticed it this week because I've been making an effort to not say, you know, the problem with that. Because who likes anybody who's just walking around pointing out problems? Nobody. Nobody likes it. Unless the problem is that you can't power on your synth. And then please point out the problems. I need to know them. Almost certain this battery has been replaced. It looks new and there's the solder looks really shiny on these pads. Nice. Nice. We are. We got it. We're fresh. I, I'm feeling fresher. I'm mm -hmm. feeling ready. And I'm feeling like this is going to be a great Upgrade, even though, like we said, it's it seemed to be working a little better, but just that little extra and this clean makes me feel better. Like I really enjoy taking things apart. Yeah, and just seeing and it. and sometimes I do get nervous that I will destroy them in the process. And I was nervous that I had taken this apart to clean it, and because some of the keys were sticking and uh, we couldn't gray when you the nine when you were inputting wouldn't work. So I did that thing that you said with the graphite, and I got the graphite and I put the graphite on for a long time. We just. And I thought anything with a nine in it, we didn't, we use. didn't use. And so I got we it. Like, well, that's just not one of the settings we use. <laughs> and then there was a setting we really liked with a nine in it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Gray taught me how. You got like, like 20 more presets. Now we can do it all. And, and then, uh, after I put it back together the nine worked, but then it had that buzz and I was like, God damn it. Like I, I, this maybe there was folly. Uh, so now I'm reassured. Also pulling that pad and putting it back on. It was way easier than I remember last time. I feel like it might be a pain if you don't know what you're doing, but right. because I've done it, it was actually really easy to get that pad back on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. looking great. It's looking yeah. tight. I, it, was, it just needed this. It reminds me, up. like putting those pads on is, is kind of satisfying. I really enjoy that. I don't want to rip the rubber because then, of course, the, you bad. can push from the bottom, I would say, is the best yeah. bet. But yeah, yeah there. Now, would you satisfying. be as confident, Gray, in taking apart a purely digital synth or is that just like not something you would even consider doing the only thing i could fix on that would well if the if the if the potentiometers are digital then i don't know what i'm doing right so it's yeah. it's that's, that's basically just you're just looking for something process. that's fried yeah, or flapping like in the I breeze a, a yamaha su 700 it's a sampler and it had digital those those rotary uh, forever like perpetually rotary knobs you can turn just keep turning them around because they're the digital, the values right digitally. And I sold it because I didn't want to do it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually I regret selling it. I've since bought a different sampler that has a lot of this mm -hmm. actually more, but the same effects in it because it has really good effects. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, 
I I wouldn't mess with a digital synth. I wouldn't know where to start. Right. Yeah. It's a completely different process. I, I mean, it's it is the same kind of thing. Like if your jack is messed up, sure. If you're right. If you're not if your potentiometer your knob isn't doing what you need, maybe some deoxid can help. Like those sorts of things are still very true. But it's also just like a whole other beast of I don't understand what's going on. Right, in there. right. I don't understand what's going on in here. I mean, I, I said Again, I tried to make that you very say clear. that, and we just don't, you love how Tara and I yeah. are like we don't it's listen like when to you that guys say you don't genius. know anything about a band, and you know, like, well, I know their first five albums. It's <laughs> like one of those situations. And Grace, speaking of Yamaha, I find that people kind of shit on Yamaha keyboards. I love my Yamaha keyboard. I know you're talking about a sampler, but. I love my Yamaha keyboard. I don't accept people's dis- dislike uh, for Yamaha keyboards. I have, a, I have a Yamaha sampler now. That's uh, yeah. I use my MPC for most like performative and, mm-hmm. and compositional stuff, but the sampler is for a lot of processing because of the effects. But the uh, I had a Yamaha, Yamaha CS10. Uh, have a CS15 now. I think that they are. I have Yamaha monitors. Yeah, yeah, they're it's like, great. It's like there's shitty sounds uh, I, on every keyboard. So like if there's a sound you don't like, don't record with it. Like I don't there's no point. Yeah, I don't I don't have any shade it. towards Yamaha at all. Uh or you know, like Roland and Korg and Moog. There's all these like big synth names, mm-hmm. but Yamaha's made some pretty sick synths. Totally. I yeah, agree. yeah, absolutely. I, I truly like that is one of the reasons because people when we played out initially, they would want to talk to me about Yamaha keyboards. Uh, that is the reason that I took the name brand off of my keyboard and would not let anybody see what it was because I didn't want to hear yet another person want to have a discussion about Yamaha keyboards and talking about how they'd rather have, you know, uh, exactly the, the what you listed. But Roland, it's like, oh, shut up. Like, can you give me a goddamn break? Well, yeah. And, you know, we're big believers in it's the person behind the gear. Obviously, that doesn't mean that. You know you, you, that at just anything work, but but it, to me, it's always first the person behind mm-hmm. the gear, then it's the gear. I thought and it was fantastic for tour. I like dropped that thing down a flight of stairs, and it was fine. Well, also, like, you know big, what I mean. You, but also with especially using that in clay rendering, a yeah. vast majority of the sounds you're using were piano sounds. So it's you need just something that's going to make yeah. it good. And Roland has a great piano sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love. I even on my accordion the. Piano on my Roland Digital Accordion is fantastic. It's a beautiful sound. So Gray now is plugging this bad boy in. He is turning it on. Let me get. Don't bang on it, Gray. Don't do it. He turned it on. He clicked it on. He was tempted to bang on it, but he didn't. I'm going to plug in the audio here. Are you allowed to plug it in? Plug things into it when it's warming up? And how we got it, Gray. That setting is very, very quiet. Yeah. I always... Yeah, one of those. So how is it sounding gray? Because you gray's got the earphones on. I do not yeah, have them, so I can't. He's I can't hear. And but gray is showing right now that this bad boy is operational. Heck yes. Is there any buzz? Any crackle? Do you want me to get some duct tape for those keys?
That's a synth. We are good to go. It's sounding good. It, it's just such a it's just such a great synth. I, I it's definitely a, a favorite here, and I'm just so happy that we are back in action. Favorite well, patch. 33 is definitely uh, you can anyone who has heard uh, failing lights can hear that. <laughs> uh-huh. anyone can hear that that has been used yeah. <laughs> absolutely I well, always mess with the um, I change everything to to not you know unison playing mode and yeah. I and I adjust all of the settings you, can, so. you could just save that then as a patch should <laughs> Don't know how. <laughs> Don't know how. Just do it immediately. Do. I oh, I, have yeah, to, I get the book out. I remind myself. Yeah, then you, I know how to do it. The instructions are right there. Just, then just save the patch. How do you save? You got the book out. God damn it! <laughs> we're well, gonna take this into the studio. And we're we gonna are, make sure it gonna, works in C two. We're gonna go do that right now. All right, everybody. So yes, we went in the studio. We plugged in the synth and Tara sounded like shit. It was back. <laughs> it was the, the buzz, buzz. <laughs> was back, and it was crazy. It was so loud, and we looked it around was, with we're panic, like, and we were, we're like, saying. "Oh my god, we have to start over!" And we're all looking at each other, and it was, it was, uh, scary. Hilarious and annoying. Yes, uh, but it is no longer any of those things yes. because Gray did figure out what was happening. He was onto something earlier when he was asking about the grounding plug yes. on the six track. So, 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 so I, so basically, I plugged in the synth into our the interface into the laptop yes. to re- for recording, and it was a guitar cable is what I used. Yes, and it was a mono guitar cable. And when I plugged it in, Greg, the the sound was hissing. The sound was hissing, and Greg goes, "Let me see that cord." He goes, "This isn't a stereo cord." And when we were mm-hmm. recording, when you heard the synth on the episode, we had a stereo input. It, it just true. so happened what I used in the studio was not a stereo input. It's true. And to top that off, the laptop wasn't plugged in. I mean, it was just fully charged. I just didn't plug. I just didn't plug it in i just set up yeah, the laptop. and that's why yeah. it happens sometimes before and not others because so, generally we keep the laptop plugged, plugged in, in when we're recording so gray really was onto something we was talking about grounding issues yes because when the laptop wasn't plugged in and it we didn't have a stereo yes so when cable. the laptop was not plugged in it was not grounded so as soon as we put the power cable on the laptop it was fine well and and the stereo input. Yes. So the combination of a stereo input in the six track into a recording device that because, is grounded. And we had established earlier that it had stereo output, not mono. And we usually record things in mono. Well, not usually, but frequently. Yeah. I mean, usually. Yes. Yeah. So. So, yes. So we. So, yes, there was a problem. It was on our end and it yeah. was. Tara and I being Neanderthals, as I am always well, and, happy and, to be. But and, and it was crazy because at the same time, like I had mentioned how my keyboard went out on the same day that we discovered that that totally makes sense. But it then was I was like, definitely oh, it works the again. keyboard was out. And then Mike the other day was like, oh, don't worry, it works again. We we're like, oh, not even the other day. I did it. Yeah. It was like immediately. I, so we it thought was like, it was oh, something stupid that was happening in the studio. But truly, it was. Well, it was it, stupid happening in the studio. Well, but but we thought cleaning the studio, it was just too much power. It was the power source. We all knew it was something to do with power, but it was a grounding issue with the input leading into the laptop causing a 
really heavy buzz. Absolutely. Because it wasn't buzzing on amps. So really excited. We It's back in action. It'll be getting used immediately. But yes, it's nice and clean now, thanks to Gray. And there is no buzz, thanks to Gray. So if you're Everything having, thanks to Gray. Well, Even though he keeps saying he's not, hey, I'm not a I don't know, Gray. No, no, no. You're great. We figured it Stop out. Stop talking he yourself down. You're fantastic and you fixed our sins. So, yes. So, if it's stereo output and you're having issue, then get a stereo cable. And if you are recording through an input box, through something else that's electronic, you may need further grounding if you hear a buzz. Now, that is what we have learned. Now, we are synth geniuses. Now, we are going to go look up uh, exactly what grounding is, how it affects us, what we need to do about everything that. we just said. We're going to go All look up what we just said because we have. I'm no going to learn more about it. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Listeners, thank you so much. Clean your synth, repair your synth, main, maintain your synth. Don't be like or me just and Tara. plug it in properly. Have the appropriate cables. Uh, consider your currents. I guess is the lesson that consider we learned today. your currents, listeners. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.